Dear Lord, please send me a friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. If you're new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Wouldn't it be cool if you listened to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? Simply subscribe wherever you consume this content to do so. We are going to work our hardest to give you high quality content. And if this is helpful, would you do us a favor? We want you to follow us on social media, write a review, and continue to engage with our organization. And if this post is helpful, please share it with others. Now let's dive into new content if you're ready to grow. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Work Redefined podcast. You guys, I am, I know I always say this at the beginning of every episode. I just realized I say, I'm so excited to have this person, but I actually am so excited this time because it's one of my best friends in the whole world, Grace Clausen. So we have two Graces on today. So it's just a little treat for everyone. Um, but Grace and I met in college and now we're both graduated, which is crazy, but um, she has been such and a, a seriously such an important part to my faith journey and um, sticking with my faith in college. And I just feel so blessed to have her as a friend and now have her on a podcast. So we're really excited. Um, so Grace, why don't you first just tell us where you're at in life? Like what's going on? Tell us more about you and where you're working now after graduation. Yeah. So ooh, graduation was two whole weeks ago. Um, and I have started since then at OnSharp Incorporated in South Fargo, working as a business development representative. We are a custom web app and software company, um, and it has been a good first week. We have the first week under my belt. Um, before this, I, I before this I worked as a content marketer for Thompson Reuters um, in, an, in, in an extended intern role. Um, I've also done things like digital development, uh, digital media. Um, and a lot of like strategic media planning. Uh, I've been a resident assistant before. Um, so I have a little bit of relationship experience, a lot of digital media marketing experience, and now some sales experience. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like you're one of the most creative people. I mean, I'm, so, I'm excited for you in a sales role now to see what you can accomplish because I think, I think like marketing and sales, they, like they do go hand in hand, but it is what it is. You know, you're selling in such a different way. So I'm excited for you to experience this new role that'll be really cool oh yeah oh okay grace so for everyone listening grace and i last it was was it two years it might have been two years ago now i don't even know it's crazy but we had the opportunity to lead you could say sort of a class um at an event called coin and not coinania oh my gosh decora decora wow so we had this we had the opportunity to lead a little class at decora which is a great women's event in Fargo. And our whole topic was called Grace in the Workplace. And uh, which, yeah. <laughs> so we really just talked about, you know, the importance of bringing God into work and how as women, especially, we have the amazing opportunity to do that. So I guess, Grace, what does the topic of Grace in the Workplace mean to you? Like, why, why is that such a, a relevant topic for you? Yeah. Um, 
I think it really comes from the idea that the Lord wants to be in every part of our lives. It's really easy to say that God is just for church. Um, it's for Sunday morning, but um, we know that that's not true. The Lord wants to be in everything, every relationship, every conversation, um, and every Zoom meeting, class, homework assignment, work project, and work email. Um, and as Grace Lang and I discussed this and the beauty of bringing God into the workplace, we realized that women have a really specific role in that. There is something to being a woman um, that is pretty freaking cool. And what that is, is the ability to be hospitable, to be receptive, to be understanding in a way in at work that men just aren't and that other people just can't have. And it's unique to the way that the Lord has designed our hearts and designed our goals. Um, and how can we encourage, hype up, strengthen, and um, yeah, grow our desire to let the Lord into our lives and then encourage other women to be able to do that. So in this breakout session, um, we basically just discussed like literal takeaways on how you can do it and examples of holy people who have done that. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite part of it was just discussing um, for those who know St. Therese of Lisieux, she is a big time Catholic role model. Her whole model was, I'm going to be a nun, but I'm going to love in the little ways. So I will eat my least favorite foods. I will mm -hmm. not complain when I have to do the dishes. That is how she pursued holiness. And her mom was actually a small business owner and is now a saint. And so her my mom, no, St. Zelie, <laughs> raised five nuns and five women who became nuns. Um, but she raised this boss of a holy woman while being a holy woman herself um she was also the number one lace maker in her country so just running the world running a small business but still being attentive to her family and most importantly attentive to her faith and her heart um and just being able to share these examples of how like your small business matters the lord wants to work through that your family matters and the lord wants to work through that so whether it's balancing work and family whether it is starting a business whether it's creating a product selling that product whatever it is the lord wants to be in your relationships with your customers he wants to be in your conversations with clients mm -hmm. um, and he wants to be in the monotonous tasks of making the lace of scheduling the meeting of sending an email um and it's hard but it is that's where the fruitfulness is. Holiness comes from doing ordinary things really well. Loving the Lord. Uh, sometimes the wood of the cross is the wood of the desk. So you just gotta sit down and get your work done. Um, and that can be a really purifying holy event. Mm. I love how you said your small things matter. And so I think we think, especially even in this podcast, when we specifically talk to women and even women in business, tech, you could think you could put us in that, but I think there's small things like the way you speak to your family, the way you speak to a coworker, no matter what, no matter where you work, no matter what you do, the little small things, like you said, is that's where holiness comes from is putting God in those little, those small things. Absolutely. So, um, that kind of leads me like a great segue into something we talk a lot about, um, and Grace and I have talked a lot about is your feminine genius. And this might be a term that you many, many of you aren't uh, familiar with, but Grace, why don't you explain this? And you kind of explained it a little bit, but maybe more like the definition, if there's like a great one, but um, what you interpret this as to be. Yeah. I don't have a literal, a very good literal definition of yeah. feminine 
ingenious, but I can give you an example of it that I think articulates it well. Feminine ingenious is when you're sitting in front of a girl and she's got hair on the back of her sweater and you pick it off. The feminine genius is when you, for some reason, just know your friend needed a happy text. It's when you are able to um, use your uniqueness and the gifts as a woman um, to serve the world in ways that would not be possible without it. They say that, um, not even they, but I know this to be true. Um, women were created last. We were created from the side of, Eve was created from the side of Adam and we are the pinnacle of creation. God made earthworms, birds, uh, like I think of like a peacock. The Lord created like the beautifulness of a peacock. He created um, like the majesticness of horses and and of all of these different animals. He created all of the trees, all of the fish, all of that. And then he said, we need more. And he made man. And men are fantastic. They are such, so unique, the way they think, the way they work. They're so strong, so capable. And then he said, no, we need more. And he created the woman to be this pinnacle, to come from the side, not like man came from dirt. He came from the rough and tumble, the dirt. We came from the side of a man to be the end creation, this pinnacle. And so there's something to our kind of like show-stopping way we came into the earth um, that makes us different. And that is ingrained, I think, into all of our hearts. And it's the fun title for it is The Feminine Genius because it's that unique ability to combine your loving heart, your strong will, um, and then put it into action. Whether that action is just giving a comforting hug or like, you know your mom, you know your mom has that je ne sais quoi it's her feminine genius like that, that like the, all of those things to me it's like it's just that thing you can't really describe mm. to be the feminine genius and I love the word genius in that because it is sometimes women can feel stifled they feel like I don't know how to use these gifts but that's what makes you a genius that's what makes you special that's what makes you stronger is is these gifts and it's yeah it's the coolest thing in the world mm. well and to go back to your first example I think and just one of those things you said, when you just, women just know, right? Like we have this great ability to feel or kind of feel what people feel around us. And I think that's one of the coolest things in the world. Like when you walk into a room, we know when someone's having a bad day. We know when someone's putting on a fake front because they're just trying to be strong. Like we as women are like, we're created to know. And I think that's one of the coolest things. And so Grace, in your perspective, like how can we really lean into our feminine genius at work like what is what are some things we can do to really show and like practice this in the workplace um it's gonna be hard just like to brief you all it's it's way easier to at work I, I've always found it easier to shrink back to just do the tasks to bite my tongue um and to kind of like create a work personality for myself but that's not what the Lord is asking of us he's asking us mm -hmm. to bring our whole selves and to bring him with us to work um I think you get to play the role of a little secret Christian spy at work um you are putting together the pieces to build um community you aren't going to be able to be your best self if you don't feel supported so the first step is going to be um finding somebody who agrees with you that's going to be really hard, even if and there might not be anyone, but we'll get to that. Um, but figure out if there's anybody who also likes to go to church or who wants to discuss different Bible verses or maybe has a tough relationship with Christianity. Um, and you can 
you can play the detective and kind of put these pieces together. My first week at work, somebody said, oh, you know, I'm singing at um, an ordination this week. And I'm like, ordination? Like, for priests? Are are we... And I wanted to like, <laughs> give them, like, the sign of the cross and be like, are, are we... Do you know what I'm doing? Like, I, but like, you get to kind of be the spy <laughs> and figure out where people are at. So it's going to be your first step is kind of gauging the room. Um, and then I think after that, it's finding ways to slip Jesus in. If that is bringing a little cross to your desk, heck yes. If that is um, wearing your cross jewelry to church or to work, to church and to work, um, but wearing the, your cross to work, um, and that if that is like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Well, I went to church and don't be afraid to say it. So start building up that kind of comfort with the conversation. And that is, I would find mm. that as bold. Don't be afraid to um, bring it up. And now, okay, in the middle of a meeting, it might not be the right time to be like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke your bad idea. Like, you know, maybe not. Um, but if you feel like the Lord's calling you to do that, by all means, um, but just figuring out where's there space for Jesus here? Um, and where can I bring him now and being bold, polite, but bold in, in your statements and in your, um, the energy you bring to the room. Uh, I like it when my coworkers know that's grace. She's the Christian one. Doesn't always put me in the most popular setting, but it tends to put me in the trusting setting. People come to me with their problems at work and I get to have the unique opportunity to present them with the love of Jesus. Be like, yeah, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Can I share how I see it? Or, oh my goodness, this is amazing. What a gift from the Lord. And and being able to help have that conversation and grow those relationships so while your workplace might not be outright a church you can still have moments with the lord with other people in conversation Mm -hmm. that requires your boldness so to me that's like the first step of being a feminine uh Mm -hmm. genius in the workplace is using your sensitive heart to gauge where the room is at gauge where people are at and then address it with your Mm -hmm. words your kind loving words but with your words i feel like a theme of everything you're saying is honestly, the little things. So it all takes to be bold, but the little nudges and just like, like you said, in your responses to somebody, whether you're saying, wow, like that's just a blessing from God. Like, wow, like it's amazing. Or yeah, can I, can I tell you what this is like from my perspective and all these things? It's not, we don't have to have this huge epiphany of whatever happens. We, I think we put ourselves like, oh, this is what my story has to look like. This is how I have to share, share the word. No, it's in the, our little day-to-day little actions that really um, that really make a difference. And I, I really love what you said that build up the comfort of the conversation because I think it's not it's not going to be easy, like you said. It is the unpopular opinion sometimes, in especially in a corporate setting. You're putting yourself in a situation where maybe it isn't welcome to talk about, but building that up to the point where it is is one of the coolest things I think. So I love what you said about that and. Also, I'm definitely going to take this, the secret Christian spy. That is such a good thing. Be a secret Christian spy. And I love how you explain that because people will drop little hints and whether they know that they're doing it or not, if we have our little uh, magnifying glasses on, if that's, I don't know if that would be the great description, but um, we can pick up on that. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. I love that. Well, and so let's just say, Grace, we are kind of dropping these hints. We're kind of gauging the people around us. 
what if what if our jobs really don't allow for conversations like that or what if we aren't finding anyone and what how does that look and what can we do to still stay strong and stay bold after that I think this is what I should have honestly started with but prayer is going to be your first step in that it's it's never going to like you can't bring Jesus into the workplace if you're not talking to Jesus so you need to talk to him you need to talk to him about your coworkers, about that meeting that went awesome and about that meeting that you would really rather not relive um you need to talk to him about it all um and really like he has a plan for everybody in your office he has a deep love for everybody at work um, and if he is asking you to be the means in which he loves them, he's going to help you get that to happen, but you got to talk to him about it. So step one, pray about it. Um, and when things get hard or things aren't happening, or you've seek a Christian spy for five years, and honestly, you're all alone. Um, I want to emphasize the importance of community because community is going to be, um, it, to me, in my opinion, it is the lifeblood of the Christian church. Um, the apostles did not preach in isolation. They went two by two for when they first started. Um, you need support. You need a support system. And if that's not happening at work, um, please find it outside of work. Get involved with the church. Get involved with friends who are like-minded. Um, and they don't need to be the people you spend every day outside of work with. No, but just have somewhere you can go to. Um, to talk about the Lord, because if that's not work, um, or you don't feel comfortable yet at work, you need somewhere else. So find a community. Um, step one, pray. Step two, find community. And then three um, is to endure. Life gets hard. We all know that. I don't have to explain it. Most of you know it better than I do. And um, when it comes down to it, if you're at work and you feel like it's a hostile environment, I always see it at least as the pleasure of being able to be tested by the Lord. Um, it is a gift to know that the Lord trusts me and trusts my faith to know that I can endure in these tough places and persevere. Um, one of my favorite saints is St. Joan of Arc. She was 13 years old and asked to, as a woman, to lead battle in France. That did not happen when she was around. Um, this was, oh, like way long ago, fortunately, but it was, that was not something that happened. Um, and she led successful battle after battle, leading the army. Um, and then when it kind of ended, they're like, she's Christian, burn her at the stake. And she died because she was Christian. And I think about that all the time. Like not only have hundreds of people died for their faith before, but um, like how lonely that must have been. To so know that all of her, the people that she was on the battlefield with, her brothers in arms did not stand up for her, did not fight with her anymore. This was now her fight to fight alone. Um, so for those of you who do have to fight alone, thank you. And I'm praying for you. And, I, and I, I hope you get to find community at work, but also know that the Lord sees you and he's with you in this fight. And he does not want you to be alone. A really fun prayer that I like to do in moments like that is like, Jesus, send me a friend. Jesus, send me a friend. And the Lord might just send you himself in new ways. And you might suddenly have a really fun time chit-chatting back and forth with Jesus at work. And that might be your friend. The Lord might just show himself to you in a, in a bigger way. Um, but don't be afraid to ask the Lord, like, Jesus, I need a work buddy. I, I need somebody here. Um, and be very direct and very honest with him because he wants your heart like that. And he wants you to have fun at work. And he wants to be with you at work. So, yeah, I would mm -hmm. say if it's tough, um, persevere and know that the Lord is watching and he loves your fight um, and he gave you the gut to handle a fight. I think what you just said is seriously so powerful because we talk all the time about you know oh we can do this we can do this we can do this but sometimes it's just hard 
Sometimes it's plain of hard. Sometimes it's not going to come easy. Sometimes we're not going to find the community that we really are seeking where we are at. And like, maybe that's okay. But like you said, endure through that because he sees you and maybe that's your fight, you know? And I love what you said with that little prayer. Jesus, send me a friend. I can't, I can't even tell you the countless times I'm like, I just need friends. Like, Lord, I need you to send me someone good. I don't even care who they are. I don't know anything about, I just like want a friend. And that he always provides. And I think he never wants us to be lonely. He won't, he does not want that for us. And so I think the more we just pray for it, but right, it goes back to the prayer. Like it's like a cycle, like prayer, community, endure, and it all goes back to prayer. And so I think that was such, uh, such a good one, Grace. I love that. So I guess my next question for you is, I know we talked about and I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, but I know your favorite Bible verse and I want you to share it with me and everyone. Uh, and then I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, my, okay. So favorite Bible verses honestly shift about where I am in life. And what I think the Lord is asking of me uh, right now, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a future full of hope. Whoa. Um, I came across this Bible verse in vacation Bible school back in middle school. And I had the opportunity to lead a retreat a few months ago, and we got to pick a guiding verse. Thinking about the season of life that I was in, I was a finishing my first semester of my last year of college, um, and I knew that I needed to memorize something that was going to calm me down. And just thinking that it was a song we put it to for, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Well, that song gets stuck in my head now. And I, have, I, have <laughs> I was at this retreat too, for everyone wondering. And so that's this verse and the way I've, I've literally been saying it for months now. So anyways, <laughs> it's, it, it's just gotten stuck in my head. And like Grace and I are both transitioning now in our lives, transitioning out of college, transitioning into work. And it's hard, obviously y'all know you've done it before. Um, like it's, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. And everything seems to change your relationships your friendships your work balance like your bedtime like all of these things are <laughs> in transition and it's beautiful but growing pains suck and just knowing that the lord is seeing it for i know the plans i have for you so this means eight years ago he knew what this plan was for me to be here um for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans to not to harm you it's gonna be okay like this is not the end this is not the doom uh, not to hurt you, um, but to prosper you and to give you a future full of hope. And I just hear the word abundance in that because whatever mm-hmm. I'm enduring now are seeds planting for an abundant uh, harvest later. And um, yeah, it might be scary. This, but this transition is a part of his plan. It's a part of the, the the hope and the prosper that he promised so long ago. When I was, I don't know where I'm gonna work, and I'm I'm gonna fill in my classes, and I'm not gonna graduate. He was like, you'll be fine. I have a plan for you and it's going to be good. And this is part of the goodness that I get to experience now, even if it's hard. Um, and then even now when I'm thinking, okay, like how am I going to get through the summer? And like when it snows outside, how do I have fun? Because it is a summer. Aren't you supposed to be in a boat? Like that's going to be fun with work. Like all of these anxious questions I have about my future and all of these worries I have, am I making the right career choice? Am I making the right friends? Am I going to like this job? Am I going to have friends? Um, the Lord knows. And he's watching and he's with me in it intimately. Mm -hmm. um and he's not willing for my like harm he's willing my good and willing my happiness and my joy and he wants me to laugh and to love life 
And that's to me what Jeremiah 29, 11 is all about. If you read the rest of Jeremiah uh, 29, um, you'll, get an, you'll get an understanding of where Jer- Jeremiah is coming from. The people are in pain. They are in a year of um, like a lack of prosperity. And Jeremiah mm-hmm. is telling them like, no, hunker down, make families, love your life, mm-hmm. hunker down because the Lord has a plan for us. And he sees us. He understands what we're going through. And the rest of Jeremiah 29 is then like, the Lord has a plan for us and he will prosper us because he has done this before. And so I'd encourage y'all, if you're looking for a good Bible story, uh, understanding Jeremiah, the Babylonian mm. exile, understand it. It's a lot of pain there uh, for those going through a challenging time, but also just yeah, that string of hope that the Lord wants to get, wants to give you a future. He wants to give you a future full of hope and a good thing because um, the Lord does not give bad gifts. Mm-hmm. Well, and I need to read that whole book because I think that's just so powerful right now. So there's two, two thoughts in that. First, just the actual verse. Um, I always focus on like the end of the verse, like um, plans to give you hope in a future. I always plan- focus on that. But as you were saying it, I'm like focusing on the beginning get, beginning part and just the three words, like for I know. And like he, like you said, he knows. And like we forget that he literally has this planned out for us. He has everything in just even back to our prior prior conversation about you know when you're at work or you feel like lonely like he knows what he's doing like when we get afraid that okay I have nobody or why isn't this working out is this job not right am I not in the right place like you are exactly where you're supposed to be like exactly and he has this beautiful plan like he knows and like maybe that's just a powerful prayer we can tell ourselves like like Lord I know and thank you like I know that you know and something I've been telling or saying is, you know, um, like, I can't do it, but you can. Or like, Lord, I cannot do this, but you can do it. And like, that's like very humbling. And I think like he can do it because he already has a plan. So um, that's like something I've been leaning into is the hope of that. And I, it is also my favorite Bible verse. So I love that it's yours. Um, but then when you just said about the whole, the Jeremiah, the whole story and how he tells us, you know, hunker down, like, this is hard and we're going through this hard season, but like persevere and get through it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like the world in the past two years mm. and everything that we've been through. And especially up here in the Midwest and like North Dakota um, this past winter, I think like everyone was going through it and everyone was like, we're done. Like, this is horrible. We need sunshine. We need um, joy <laughs> kind of. And, but he tells us, you know, persevere because he has something great in store and he it always does and I think that also comes with being grateful um and remembering that he is so good and don't be afraid to live abundantly in the fear if it's Mm -hmm. like if if you're hunkering down um like he basically like the they are they were just exiled they feel all alone and he's like go have families like go love your life like have kids have lots of kids like don't be afraid to love your life and so in the hunger down season don't be afraid to like Grace said be grateful and then like love it life is an adventure and, and an adventure with Christ is going to be the greatest adventure of any of our lives mm-hmm. um so don't be afraid to have some fun with it hunker mm-hmm. down I don't know don't lose your sparkle don't lose your feminine genius <laughs> I love it I love it. have some fun with it have some fun with life we're not also we're not called to like I don't know just sit like let's just like we're we all are so unique and fun and I think that's another part of the feminine genius that we maybe didn't touch on fully but 
we all are so unique and we all bring so many unique qualities, especially, and we can think about this in the workplace. We talked a lot about this at our um, talk on when we did Grace in the Workplace, how even our fashion um, can be something really cool. Grace and I did wear matching outfits with neon pink heels to emphasize the point that when you dress to express who you are, um, you bring a little zest. So. Right, exactly. And so, and for me, something I, we always talk about is jewelry is a big thing for me. Like I love jewelry. And so I always try to wear my miraculous medals or something like my necklace that I always wear now, it says grace, not perfection. And so like God's grace, like there's no perfection, like he's the perfection. And so um, just things like that and how we can show our little things. And like Grace had mentioned earlier about bringing like, even putting a cross in your um, office or yeah. How can we also, when we show our personalities, that's God. And he's like, so excited for that. I don't know. What do you think? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. That, that to me is the full expression of feminine genius. Then it's when you are allowing the Lord into your conversations, into your interior design, into your desk design, into your fashion choices, your jewelry choices, um it's when the lord is a part of everything it's like when you are driving home and you're in the five o'clock traffic and you're like "Mm -hmm, yeah that just happened it's like no the lord is there and he's willing to good for that car too um Mm -hmm. like it is a part of it all and so Mm -hmm. when you're able to um if it's like oh yeah this skirt with flowers on it is my absolute ride or die skirt like put it on wear it to work heck yes it's when you're able to um fully live who you are and then live who you are in, in Christ and who Christ has made you to be. He has that plan mm-hmm. for you. Like Jeremiah says, he has this plan. And part of that plan is you being fully alive. It's you being who you've been created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let anybody steal that from you, steal your sparkle from you. For me, it's a pair of neon pink heels. Um, I don't let anybody steal those from me. They do not like in like in an emotional sense, like you don't get to critique the heels. You don't get to tell me that I can't wear them. Like, no, this is my, these are my shoes. Mm-hmm. I love these things. They're so ridiculous. Absolutely. But part of that ridiculousness is how the Lord has made me. And I love it. And I feel most alive and I feel the most beautiful when I'm living uh, in my identity and expressing myself fully mm-hmm. as the Lord has created me to be. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the idea of being unapologetically yourself. And that is really what God wants us to be. I think like in a nutshell, like be unapologetically you. And that's like the best way we can serve him because he created us. Like how exciting, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, Grace, this has been so fun. And I'm like loving this stuff with you because uh, yeah, you guys, she is just such a joy. And I hope you all have the chance to meet her. And a little segue, I think she might be coming to our breakfast and Bibles event, hopefully fingers crossed on July 29th. So I'm going to put the link for the to get a ticket in our show notes for our breakfast in bibles um it's in fargo and yeah july 29th 7 15 8 15 a.m come in the morning and then this is this event is a great place to find community as well if you're not finding it in your work if you're not finding it in different areas of your life this event is created to help christians come together and talk about the challenges we face at work but with a christian lens over it and so i really invite you to come and maybe you'll get to meet Grace there. I'm also going to um, put a link to connect with her on LinkedIn in the show notes and a little bit more about her. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Grace, any last burning thoughts? Um, 
one come to breakfast and bibles i'll be the one in the neon pink heels come say hi um i'm gonna wear them it just has to happen okay. <laughs> um please know of my prayers for you all and that like the lord really is working if even if you can't see it i mean he loves you dearly and he loves you i love you and we're all here for you if you need it i love it thanks grace well thank Bye, you everyone. Thank <laughs> you.